There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. <laughs> this is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. We have you very much covered for all things sport. You're listening to The Grill live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Get yourself down here to, Bar- to Barasti to be part of proceedings. Uh, we're just seeing Crystal Palace against Liverpool getting back underway. Second half games, uh, second half is back underway in the Premier League. So keep an eye uh, on, uh, we'll keep it locked here on Dubai. I want a 3.8 for updates throughout the course of the next hour. Our final hour of the show as well. If not, then do send us your thoughts by texting them to us on 4001. Have your say online at Dubai I 103.8 FM at Dubai I Sport. Uh, Mark Archer and Ross Christ alongside me. Mark, you mentioned uh, the uh, Davis Cup, which is in full action at the moment. We're up to the semi-final stages and Great Britain somehow have got through to the semi-finals in the Davis Cup uh, without much help from a certain Andy Murray. And guess what? He's not a Available again, he will not play in Great Britain's Davis Cup semi-final against Spain later on today. Captain Leon Smith is sticking with the team, which beat Germany in yesterday's quarter-final. Kyle Edmund and the British number one Dan Evans will play the singles matches. Murray 32 was not picked against Germany after being rested for Thursday's group win over Kazakhstan, which booked their last eight spot. Uh, Great Britain face Spain in Madrid at 8:30 this evening. Uh, so around about 25 minutes time um, Spain uh, victorious against Argentina yesterday in their semi-final uh, and we'll be looking to win this one on home ground Davis Cup are you a fan Mark Archer? Yeah, you know, I used to be as a kid <laughs> used to watch it but I, I think it's just became less of a priority it's less it's become less important as the ATP Tour has got so much stronger and the Grand Slams have taken a lot of precedence. I used to follow it regularly. I thought it was a thing that you know people used to tune in for. But I think it's been on the on the on the wane for a while. But we do see action over at uh, Crystal Palace, and we do see first goal there. Big cheers going on down here at Barasti. Uh, who are those cheers from? Are they from Crystal Palace fans? Are they from Liverpool fans? Let's find out, Mark Archer. Yeah, Sadio Mane has uh, got in for the first goal of the match for Liverpool. Crystal Palace had a goal denied at the end of the first half. It went into half time at uh, 0-0. No goals that scored there. But four minutes into the second half, it's a break by Liverpool down the left-hand side. It's come back across to Mane, and he's put in a left-footed uh, half volley. It's juggled off... <laughs> inside of both posts before it's actually sealed in the back of the net here so it's a great bit of control first time finish on the volley it hits it's saved onto the the right hand post it then bobbles back across to the left hand post and finds its way into the back of the net crystal palace nil liverpool one four minutes gone in the second half uh, great britain against spain is one of the semi-finals in this evening's davis cup the other one is uh, russia against canada in the other semi-finals in fact that one is underway as we speak at the moment i'll keep an eye uh, on uh, the developments there in that particular game this comes uh, after russia uh, defeated serbia and a certain novak djokovic who missed out on the davis cup semis after he and uh, partner victor troiki lost the decisive doubles against russia despite having three match points. I don't know, there's a couple of elements I like about Davis Cup. I don't know about you, Ross Christo, and, and how important Davis Cup action is over in the United States. I like the fact that there's a coach uh, and you're allowed your manager uh, on the uh, court uh, to speak to the players during the game. I think that's a nice element. 
Yeah, that's good. And it's something that we don't really see in tennis ever. So that's it's a new element to tennis. I, not a new element. It's a part of the Davis Cup that we just don't get to see elsewhere. So I guess it gets viewers to turn tune in, but they need to rework this because it's losing its fan base. I remember about four years back, Tom, I think you guys won it, and it was 2016. Yeah. And I didn't hear a peep out of any of my friends from the UK, and it was a, it was a down year for sport for you guys as well. So, they they need to rework this to get everyone back into it. Maybe they just drop the name and just start calling it the World Cup because I think World Cup garners more attention. They had they say it's the Davis Cup, the World Cup of tennis. Just maybe get rid of that, but. Yeah, Canada's been a nice surprise. They were in the United States group earlier in this tournament. They've been playing quite well. So them going against Russia, Great Britain, Spain, both two strong teams back still in this. And, of course, Rafael Nadal, very, very prideful Spaniard, still in this one. So I'm going to put my, I guess, my virtual money, my, my Bitcoin on the, on the Spaniards. Uh, that will remain to be seen. What I can tell you is it's gone down to the wire in the semi-final between uh, Russia and the Canadians. It's gone to the doubles match, in fact. Uh, why? Because Rublev are winning the first of the men's singles match uh, by two sets to love, 6-4, 6-4 against Pospisil. Uh, Kashinov then lost for the Russians against uh, Denis Shapovalov uh, by two sets to one. That was 4-6, 6 4-6. Uh, uh, so that sees uh, the point shared going into the deciding doubles which sees all four of the players up against each other Kashinov and Rublev taking on Pospisil and Shapovalov uh, of Canada it's one set all at the moment and 5-5 five, five in the third you couldn't ask for much between that interesting new format so the, the, the format traditionally for the Davis Cup is played over sort of a, a, over a 12 month period where you play home matches or away matches and that they conclude in a final and obviously a lot of um to play some countries on a particular surface, if you go to Spain and play the likes of Rafa Nadal on clay, it's extremely hard to get a win because the Spanish players are so so good on that surface. So there's obviously been a lot of difference between where you play. But this is an interesting new format that's been uh, put together. You talked about Gerard Piquet there. It's his investment company that's actually licensed the rights to the Davis Cup. So what's happened over the last sort of seven days is 18 teams are playing in one city in Madrid as opposed to playing sort of international weekends like they do in football and playing throughout the whole year to come up with two teams at the final. It's basically done and dusted within a week and 18 teams take you know compete for the title over these sort of seven days and then go through a pool stage and then basically go into a knockout stage concluding in that final. So it'll be interesting to see how that... Uh, tournament uh, gets viewed by the media by the by the players um, and by the sort of the whole sort of business side of the sport where it works out the biggest problem with tennis of course is the calendar it's just so compact there's multiple ATP events taking place in different cities around the world you've got the grand slams that take priority and then it's very hard to um, really find a way to fit the Davis Cup and a lot of players choose when they want to play Davis Cup or when they want to miss it so this is a this is a, a, a new system a new format designed to getting the best players playing in a one-week period in one city to come up with a Davis Cup winner. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, goes down with all the, all the stakeholders. Let's turn our attention to the world of golf. Why? Because, well, you probably listened to a little bit earlier on today right here on Dubai I-103.8. Robbie, Chris and the rest of the team are all up there at the Jumeirah Golf Estates uh, for the end of season, or the race to Dubai, the end of season event, the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, third round concluded a little earlier on today, uh, and it looks like Spain's John Rahm 
has strengthened his chances of winning the European Tours race to Dubai by shooting a six under 66 to share the third round lead at the season-ending Tour Championship. Rahm will take the title if he wins tomorrow and moneyless leader Bernd Weisberger does not come second. The Austrian Weisberger is struggling on two under overall, 13 behind Rahm. So an interesting, um, uh, interesting sort of end to proceedings with all up for grabs when it comes to the tournament itself, but also the calendar ending race to Dubai. Yeah, it's great to see the fantastic weather up at Jumeirah Golf Estates over the last couple of days, and it's really going to be a fascinating conclusion to the European Tour season tomorrow. A couple of big names in there, a couple of emerging players, and it's great to see two of the biggest names, you know, John Ram and Roy McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood. You've got to keep them in that mix, really going head-to-head on the final day to see who wins uh, the DP Tour Championship, but also who comes away with the... Uh, with the, um, the the final prize, the uh, the the, uh, the event itself, so really fascinating, really well poised. It's going to be a blockbuster day, I think, tomorrow up at Jumeirah Golf Estates, and the weather's going to be stunning. Let's not think John Ram back in 2017 was one stroke short. That's the year Shane Lowry won. So he likes playing out here. He has some good strokes. Comes from Arizona State Sun Devils, and they just produce nothing but great golfer after great golfer. Phil Mickelson's brother is the coach there, and Phil Mickelson attended there as well. As we have a goal, don't we do? And it could be a very crucial goal as well, specifically for Norwich fans. You remember that Norwich are rock bottom in the league at the moment. Uh, well, if things keep going the way they are at the moment, they could be elevated from that final spot. Let's get the latest. Ross Chris. That's right. In the 55th minute, it's Todd Cantwell who clicks for Norwich. So Norwich getting above Everton 1-0 here in the 56th minute. We'll see how this one plays out. Big crowd down here. You heard the cheers coming up uh, from the various decks down here uh, at uh, Barasti, where the game is always on. Norwich fans happy. Everton, uh, their problems of woe continue as well. Let's look at some of the other leaders in this DP World Tour. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm talking over you. I shouldn't be yeah. doing that because no. that's just rude. Um, in fact, I'm going to take myself away. I'm going to go and go berate myself. Uh, Mike Lorenzo uh, uh, Vera. I wanted to have a little chat about him. I knew nothing about Mike Lorenzo Vera going into this tournament. He's led from pillar to post. He's been the leader uh, after all three days. However, there is a rather damning stat around Mike Lorenzo Vera, which is uh, that he, uh, I think he, he ranks in the top three on tour of players to lead a tournament after 36 holes and then go on and lose it. Mm. And he's a player who's never won a European Tour event. Uh, and he's so never won any event besides a Challenge Tour. So it's going to be... You think, you think it, look, he's in a great position going into the final round, you know, tied for the lead with John Ram, but he, he's up against two perennial winners in John Ram and Roy McIlroy, guys that have been on the biggest stage. Uh, in the case of McIlroy, he's won, he's won his four majors. He's won multiple PGA Tour events and European, and both of them have won a lot of events all around the world. So those guys won't be feeling too much pressure apart from going out and trying to put their best round tomorrow. Lorenzo Vera's got to deal with the expectation of trying to win, uh, going, going wire to wire in the, in, in, in the, in the DP World Tour Championship, and he's going to know those two players are going to get off to hot starts and really put the pressure on them. Can Tommy Fleetwood, who's had, who's had a wonderful couple of years, come back from four shots back and make, make an impression on them? More goals. More goals as well. Uh, and again, this is going to be a problem for uh, for Watford fans, seemingly. Let's get an update. It's Watford against Burnley. There's been a goal. Ross Chris, got any details on that one for us? I believe, I believe that's Wood who connects for 
Burnley against Watford. I'm just going to get some uh, confirmation here. It's not quite up. Are they looking at VAR at Wood. all, Timmy? No, big Chris Wood has been given as well. So it is Burnley uh, who lead Watford uh, uh, down at Watford. And it is the big Kiwi who just can't stop scoring at the moment. Goal-scoring machine, isn't he? Can't be long before he features for Real Madrid. He's a big unit, isn't he? He's on the screen down here. I can see him at the moment. Uh, he is. Uh, he's he did a game in the midfield for the All Blacks, wouldn't he? Listen, I'm going to say anything. He scored several against us last uh, last time out. So uh, Chris Wood still on form. Um, let's get back to the golf, where we've got John Rahm and Mike Lorenzo Vera, the uh, interestingly named Frenchman, uh, who is also at 15 under, share of the lead. Two behind them, we've got Rory McIlroy. Uh, behind that, Tommy Fleetwood, 11 under. Uh, still got a chance, do you think? Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood. If he gets off to a fast start, what was? Oh, more goals. This is where it starts happening. You're listening to The Grill. We're live from Barasti, where the game is always on. And it is another goal uh, from Ross Chris' featured game down on the south coast. Wolves were leading two goals to nil. Who's got the third? Well, if you're a Bournemouth fan, you're going to be happy because Bournemouth gets on the board here. I'm waiting to see who put that one in there, Tom, but it's 2-1 to one right now. Wolverhampton in the lead. Did you see who's shoved that in the back of the net? We will get the goal scorers for you as soon as they get confirmed to us, uh, either on the screen uh, or, of course, through the various feeds that we are following at the moment. But the good news for Bournemouth fans is that you are back in the hunt. It's 1-2 at the moment. Um, we have it. Steve Cook in the 59th minute, connecting for Bournemouth, making things interesting here. 60th minute at the Vitality. About 30 more minutes to go here, Tom. Tommy Fleetwood, 11 under so he's uh, four shots adrift uh, any other challenges coming from behind that Tom Thomas Peters of Belgium on 10 under uh, Marcus Kinnold of Sweden is at nine under Danny Willett uh, the Englishman uh, and uh, Basin Dute uh, of South Africa both at eight under too much to do yeah, I would say so. The one thing about the uh, Jumeirah Golf Sets course, Tom, is that the weather's sh the sun is shining. The, if the wind doesn't get up, it's a really course that doesn't have a lot of rough. So if the guys can get and really go low there and give someone a chance, if someone can go out and shoot a, a 63, 62, it might be in with a shout to, to do it if they can dominate the par fives, the players with length. But Tommy Fleetwood, I think, is four shot back. I think the, the winner's going to come from one of the players in the top four. That's Ram. Lorenzo Vera, McElroy, or Tommy Fleetwood. For Fleetwood to win it, he's going to go off, get, get off to a fast start, put some pressure on the scoreboard, and see if the see if the leaders can really sort of deal with that. But you've got to. You, it's tough to look past the two veteran, experienced, well, the two the sort of big name European players here, John Ram and Roy McIlroy. I'm, I'm predicting the win to come from one of those two players. Uh, remember that you can, of course, listen to the closing stages of uh, the golf tomorrow. Uh, Robbie Greenfoot, Chris Mercardi and the rest of the team uh, are hijacking an hour from Helen Farmer in the afternoon, so they'll be on from 4 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. Early start for the Offscript team as they uh, bring you home. They're live down there at the Jumeirah Golf Estates. Do go say uh, hi to the Beardy Weirdies uh, at any point throughout proceedings. Uh, and, of course, uh, keep it locked here on Dubai. I win a 3.8 for all the latest from the Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Half an hour remaining in the Premier League games. We'll keep an eye on those for you. Uh, meanwhile, what's happening in the rugby, Mark Archer? Yeah, seven matches today in the European Champions Cup. Wins already in the early kickoffs to Toulouse. They defeated Connick 32 points to 17. Northampton Saints... 
just breaking away Mark Archer because we've got the first goal uh, down at Brighton and it won't be good news for the Brighton fans because Iozzi has just scored the opening goal for the visitors. Leicester City form continues. Uh, Iozzi with the opening goal for Leicester. It's Leicester 1, Brighton 0. Archie? Yeah, back to those uh, rugby scores from the seven games today in the European Champions Cup. Wins already for the early kickoffs. Toulouse have defeated Connick 32 points to 17. Northampton Saints have gone to Italy and defeated uh, Benetton Treviso 35-32 to in a cracking match and Saracens reeling from all their points deduction, their 35 point deduction and their 5 million pound fine they had a big win at home against the Ospreys 44 points to 3 Matches ongoing, uh, Exeter hosting Glasgow Warriors. Of course, the Glasgow Warriors coach Dave Rennie's off to coach the Wallabies in the new year after the season finishes. And Exeter leave Glasgow 15 points to 13 at, at the start of the second half. And Leinster have travelled all the way to France. They're taking on Lyon. They lead 10 points to nil. Right, I want to talk about uh, Helmetgate if we can at the moment because uh, Miles Garrett, uh, the Cleveland Brown player, uh, defensive end, has been handed a season-long ban for hitting an opponent with a helmet. Is that too harsh, Ross Christ? It's not. It's going to be more games than that, Tom. I think he's going to be suspended for some of next season, if not maybe all of next season as well. So uh, I think the penalty fits the crime. Basically, you could kill somebody if you hit somebody hard enough with a helmet. He's lucky that Miles Garrett basically walked away from this unscathed. Imagine if Miles Garrett was just sitting on the ground with some type of catastrophic injury. I mean, you have to think this is a this is a testosterone fueled game. A lot of aggression. Miles Garrett could have really, really changed the course of his life and someone else's life with that one swing of the helmet. Can we take a step back for those that uh, don't know about the incident in question? This took place about a week ago, is that right? This took place last week, week 11 in the, in what the happened? NFL. So it was uh, the last play of the game. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph drops back to pass, throws the ball. Miles Garrett kind of takes him to the ground a little bit extra rough. Mason, Mason Rudolph has a little bit uh, of displeasure with that, so he kind of gets his hand up inside Miles uh, Garrett's helmet. Miles Garrett doesn't take too kindly to that. Picks him up by his face. Mac twirls him around, rips off his helmet, and then swings his helmet. Hits Miles Garrett in the head. I mean, hits sorry Mason Rudolph in the head. At that time, Marquise Pouncey, the starting center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, jumped on top of Miles Garrett and started punching him and kicking him. Then the whole entire bench just came onto the field, and you saw basically the end result of that. Miles Garrett suspended indefinitely definitely for the rest of the remainder of the season. We'll talk about next season, next year. That's going to come down to the NFL. Um, Kobe got one game suspension for pushing my, uh, Mason Rudolph after that fight, and Marquise Pouncey picked up a three-game suspension that was now reduced to two games, I believe. But it's certainly a bad day for the NFL. You talk about the word fraternity, all these players. Yes, they're opponents during the game, but at the end of the day, they all work for the same league. They're all getting paid from the same paycheck, which is the NFL, and you just really don't like to see that. And what went through Miles Garrett's head who knows what it is, but he is saying in his defense that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur against him. And I'm not going to offer my opinion on this, but a bunch of the NFL community is coming out and saying, well, why wouldn't you say this immediately after the game? Why did you wait a week to say this? Why haven't any of your teammates said, well, we heard the, him saying this as well? And a bunch of the Pittsburgh Steelers have came to um, Mason Rudolph's defense and says this is a guy that's basically a cookie cutter. When he's in the weight room and he hears swear words on the speakers, he turns off the music. So, to, to, um, so it just... 
On the outside looking in, it doesn't look like Miles Garrett's uh, excuse holds up in the court of public opinion, but he is the best player for this Cleveland Browns defense, so they're going to be without him because of his costly mistake. So we have reached week 12 here in the NFL season. Some tasty matchups going on. The Buccaneers are going to head to Atlanta. These are both 3-7 and seven teams. Nothing really to see here because both these teams will be missing the playoffs. The Broncos heading to Buffalo. Buffalo Bills, surprisingly, has a 7-3 and three record. They're going to be playing at New Era Field. Josh Allen's been playing quite well for Buffalo, so look, for, look out for Bills Mafia. The Chicago Bears host the New York Giants. Daniel Jones not having the start to the career he wants, he, um, but he's going to try to fix the ship at Soldier Field. This will be a cold one, 45 degrees. David Montgomery is leading the way for Chicago with five touchdowns. The Pittsburgh Steelers play host, uh, excuse me, travel to Southwest Ohio to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton is benched in this one. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers get Mason Rudolph back, but they will be out without Juju Smith-Schuster, who's out with a concussion. The Dolphins head up to Cleveland to take on the Browns without Miles Garrett, without a Kobe. Who knows, Baker Mayfield might connect with one of his big targets. He has been doing quite well in the last game with Odell Beckham Jr. The New Orleans Saints host the Panthers. The Saints are at an 8-2 record. Drew Brees has them playing quite well. That will be at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Drew Brees playing kind of MVP caliber since he's came back, but he's missed a couple of earlier games. So let's see if he can string a couple wins together. He might be in the talk by the end of the season. The Raiders head to the Big Apple to take on the Jets. The Raiders are sitting at 6-4. and four. Chucky, John Gruden coming down from the booth has been coaching him up quite well for Al Davis's team. Keep in mind, they're heading. This is their last year in Oakland before they head to Sin City in Vegas. The Eagles take on the Seahawks. The Eagles are at 5-5. Five and five. The Seahawks are at 8-2. This will be at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. The Redskins take on the Lions. Redskins are sitting at 1-9. and nine. The Lions at 3-6-1. No, uh, no real playoff implications in this game. The Titans host the Jaguars. The Titans sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Jaguars could pull off a couple wins here. They got Nick Foles back, their big free agent signing. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do for them in Florida. That game will be played at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Patriots play host to the Cowboys. That will be a juicy matchup. That will be at Foxborough Stadium. Tom Brady and company leads his Patriots to an NFL best 9-1 record, and the Packers take on the 49ers out west at Santa Clara in Levi Stadium. Aaron Rodgers will head out there and try to right the ship against the Shanahan coached offense, and the Rams will take on the Ravens. This will be at the Memorial Coliseum. The Ravens are at 8-2, and the Rams are looking to upset them. And last night's late game was the Texans taking on the Colts. The Texans won this game 20-17 behind the play of superstar quarterback Deshaun Washington, who had two touchdowns in this game. Deshaun Washington played quite well for them. And and there's, there's one thing that's universal in all sports, gentlemen. It's a day off. Okay, If you play well, sometimes the coach says you don't need to come into practice. You can listen to this speech and feel, feel the excitement that the Texans have when Bill O'Brien decides to give them a day off. As you get down, these games, as you, as you get down the stretch now, these are the type of games they're going to be. You guys play great team football. Started, you know, when you came back from Baltimore, you turned the page. That's right. You guys did a great job of turning the page. You played really good team football tonight. And you guys, that's a hell of a win. Yes, it is. And what that does is it sets you up, okay, to be in the hunt now 
as you enter into December, all right, this is a big, big stretch right now. Big stretch. We got to take care of our bodies. We got to study. We got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. We got to see each other on Monday. Right? Yeah. That's the Thursday night game, so they have off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they got a bit of a three-day weekend out there in Texas. That sounds like me on a Thursday afternoon when you know work's coming to an end. <laughs> That's exactly right. Deshaun Washington has been playing quite – Deshaun Watson, excuse me, has been playing quite well for the Texans. They caught up with him after the game. Uh, we kept fighting. Uh, we knew that Sunday wasn't our best day. Uh, we didn't come out to play. But, you know, it's in the NFL. It's happened. Baltimore got a great team. But we knew that this game was very important. And it's always on to the next one, the next one. And that's what we did. We fought 60 minutes, continued to play against a hard-fought divisional team for the AFC South. And, uh, you know, we pulled it off. Yeah, everybody in your locker room so candid about this game and saying it was a must-win. It was playoff, a playoff game. Put into words how big one this was. Uh, it was huge. I mean, you know, they beat us the last three times. Let's get over to the Emirates Stadium. Mark Archer's got an update for us. Archie. I can tell you there is a goal and some action. I tell you, it's come from Southampton. I'm just trying to pick the goal score. It looked Ward like Brown. a penalty. Ward Prowse with the penalty. I'm not sure what was the incident that caused it, but uh, well into the second half now, 73 minutes gone. It's Southampton 2. Uh, Arsenal won, and Arsenal, Unai Emery, is coming under all sorts of pressure, Tom. Yeah, big game down there. Uh, we'll get back to uh, all things US sport, all things NFL with Mark and, of course, Ross Christ in just a few moments. Unbelievable goal! This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Fascinating afternoon in the Premier League. All sorts of storylines and permutations uh, developing in some intriguing score lines. We'll get back to those in a few moments' time. Uh, Mark Archer's talking uh, NFL, though. You had a question for Roscoe. Yeah, Ross, I just wanted to get your thoughts and opinion on the Colin Kaepernick uh, tryout um, during the week. I think it was. I think it might have been Tuesday. Just to just to set the background, Colin Kaepernick was a high-profile quarterback, a star player, three, four, five seasons ago for the San Francisco 49ers. He took them to a Super Bowl. Um, He then took a highly political stance of kneeling when the the national anthem was played in matches. That outraged a lot of people, but also a lot of people supported his cause. He was trying to raise attention to police brutality and sort of uh, a bunch of civil rights things. He lost his job. He's been ostracized out of the league. Uh, None of the 32 teams have picked him up in in the preceding three years. The NFL gave him a tryout during the week, uh, an open tryout, an open training session to see if he could impress them to get a team. And then he, then he sort of changed the rules on that. Ross, just where, where is Colin Kaepernick sitting within the, the pantheon of, of U.S. sports sort of uh, public awareness and public perception at the moment? Just give us your background and take on, this, on the situation. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick led those San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl, and he had some good years out there, and his last year playing in 2016 was not one of them. So let's keep that in mind. Yes, he was kneeling on the ground during the National Anthem, but his last year in the league wasn't a pretty one. So he chose to kneel, He then the league, then he's been out of the league ever since then. It seems as of lately he wants to try to get back in the league. If you speak to him and you speak to his camp, he's going to say the argument I've been trying to get back in the, back in the league and I've never wanted to leave the league and it seems like that um, it seems like the NFL has been trying to basically try to figure out a way to uh, please the court of public opinion with Colin Kaepernick I'm not so sure Colin Kaepernick really 
and truly wants to play in the NFL. They had a, uh, a tryout this week, as you were saying, and it was supposed to be at an NFL venue. Then in the last minute, Colin Kaepernick switched it to a high school venue, and he had all his own media there, and he had his instead none of the NFL guys, and he said he's ready to play, but I just don't quite buy it, and I'm not so sure the NFL really wants him on that field. I mean, you look at each each of those teams, Ross, and in, in, in the 32 teams in the NFL, you have definitely two quarterbacks, some of them mostly carry three quarterbacks. So what they're saying is not one of the top 100 quarterbacks in the, in the NFL, and that's really where it is. If he's good enough, he'd get a game, wouldn't he, somewhere? Well, let's not... There was a couple of professional scouts, and apparently his arm level was elite at this pro, at this tryout. But keep in mind, guys, say he is elite, and say he can still play... ourselves down to uh, Brighton against Leicester uh, where a penalty has been given, a penalty has been taken, not that cleanly. Uh, Mark Archer is watching this one for us. Yeah, there is a goal. <laughs> it was Jamie Vardy for Leicester who stepped up, took the penalty. The penalty was missed, Tom, and I think it was uh, Perez that's come in um, and just to see who scored the actual goal for, for, for Leicester City. But it was a, a we'll missed penalty. It was a missed penalty. It has been bundled in off the, off the goalkeeper's save. And what it does mean, though, is Leicester now lead Brighton two goals to nil. Uh, let's get over to the rugby, if we can, um, uh, because plenty going on in the world of rugby. European Challenge Cup score update for you. London Irish are beating Bayonne by 45 points to 29. Wasps are leading Ajan by 30 points to 7. Zebre, uh, they're trailing Stade Francais by 13 points to 5. Uh, up to the Champions Cup for you, where Lyon are trailing Leinster. Leinster leading by 10 points to nil. And a close one between the Exeter Chiefs and the Glasgow Warriors, 17-13 there. Saris were in action a little earlier along, uh, earlier on stay in pool four they took on ospreys and they annihilated ospreys really interesting story the saris uh, instant again mark archer for those listeners out there that don't know the backstory to this one please explain more yeah well basically in in, in rugby in in the premier uh, division in, in the uk they have salary caps to try and keep teams um in some type of uh sort of uh adherence to keep the level playing field so that owners don't um, spend a lot of money or they naturally generate their funds. So they have a, they have salary cap situation that teams cannot um, go over. What it was uh, discovered earlier in the, about in the last couple of weeks is that the leading one of the leading clubs in the UK but also one of the leading clubs in Europe, Saracens, five premiership titles in recent years, three European Champions Cups have been found guilty of um, breaking the salary cap uh, regulations. And they've been found guilty of breaking them to a bad extent over over many seasons. What's happened is the owner, a guy called Nigel Ray, has formed companies with leading players that's given them uh, a whole range of other alternative ways of earning money and earning finance. We're just going to break off, Tom. There's a, is this, this is the same penalty we saw recently, wasn't it? Yeah. Jamie Vardy situation. I wonder whether they're looking at this again, VAR, because... Um it's not being given. So Jamie Vardy steps up, takes the penalty. Oh, he was given the penalty again. So he was able to, to retake the penalty. So VAR said the penalty would be retaken. He steps up and he uh, makes up uh, makes amends for his mistake in the first time. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Do you hear that cheer down there? Guess who that cheer is going to? Mark Archer. Oh, it's Crystal Palace 2, Liverpool uh no, I can't see the score there. <laughs> it's Crystal Palace <laughs> 1, Liverpool yeah, yeah, 1. Right, sorry, you got me there. Too much going on. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 1. The equaliser's come from Wilhid Zaha. It's a messy ball into the, into the Liverpool box, but he's found a fine right foot finish into the corner of Allison's goal. And it means that with uh, about 
under 10 minutes remaining. It's going to be uh, all out for Liverpool to try and get the three points from this match. But Wilfred Zaha, fine finish into the corner of the, uh, of the Liverpool goal. That means that Crystal Palace have now equalised and it's 1-1 down in South London. Just confirmation that Jamie Vardy credited with that second penalty. So VAR ruling an encroachment into the penalty box uh, for the first uh, penalty. It was therefore asked to be retaken. The goal that came from that first penalty uh, was uh, taken uh, off. Uh, Jamie Vardy steps up and it makes it 2-0 in their game at the moment. Fascinating storylines in the world of football as there is in rugby as well. Uh, word from Eddie Jones earlier on this week. He's a bit concerned that some of the Saracens players, a number of the Saracens players who are key to England, will be uh, turning their back on Six Nations action to try and support their club through a difficult time. So what's happened is Saracens have been uh, basically retrospectively penalised. Um, they've been deducted 35 points from this season's league total that takes them to negative 23, bottom of the table. You've got to remember that they've won five titles. Negative 23. Negative 23 points. They've also been fined £5.3 million, and they are now 20, uh, 25, 23 points um, sort of in, in lieu, in debt, before the start of the season. So what Eddie Jones is saying, that England have some of the high pro, highest profile Saracens players, Maro Otoje, uh, Owen Farrell, the Vunapola brothers, uh, George Croyce. So they have a, a lot of the England players that now, their, their primary salary comes from Saracens. And, they, and what Eddie Jones is saying, well, those players may now focus on Saracens to stay, starve off relegation. They may not put in as much effort for England or want to be as available for the England campaign in the Six Nations tournament. So it's an interesting uh, state of affairs at Saracens, who again been been found guilty of, um, of, of of breaching the salary cap rules and regulations over a number of seasons. What's Eddie Jones and I guess the fans of England and Saracens say about these players that were getting basically money under the table? Is there any, uh, I, I guess, well, drawback so, so, on that? Because not only does, if you're a Saracens fan right now, you're upset because now you're sitting at a, a temperature that, that Antarctica has right now, negative 23. And uh, if you're an England fan, you, the, then, then you you have some players that are going to stay back. Well, that's the interesting re- re- revelation. Saracens claim that they actually didn't do anything wrong. They said these were legitimate businesses set up um, between senior players and the owner of the company, uh, Nigel Ray, to, to pursue you know proper business interests. They weren't dodgy deals being done. They were actually businesses set up that actually gave the players extra income. They claiming they're in the right, but what's been telling over the last forty eight hours is that um, they've decided not to appeal. So the um, oh, we've got another goal. Big cheers down here at Barasti. Uh, a number of the crowd are up on their feet. There's a couple of them doing somersaults right in front of the screen. It's all happening. Is, is, is someone doing the old... Uh uh, the, 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 the funky uh, the caterpillar uh, dance over there so the caterpillar dance is being done they must be Liverpool hands surely oh it's Liverpool it's uh, Roberto Firmino who's come in we've talked about Klopp time this season where Liverpool have been coming and scoring late winners late equalisers and it's a corner that's been swung in again it's another messy goal it's bobbled around like a pinball between multiple players Firmino's got his left foot on it it's gone into the uh, Crystal Palace goal so five minutes remaining here before uh, of regulation time it's Liverpool 2 Crystal Palace won. The equaliser came recently for Palace from Wilfred Zaha, but Liverpool basically gone back down the end of the pitch and they've equalised after two or three extra minutes. So five minutes remaining, Liverpool two, Crystal Palace one. Can Liverpool hold on for the victory? Interesting scores across the whole entire Premier League. Gentlemen, there's a weird stat. Take a look at these scores right now. I'm going to see if either of you can pick up on this. If all of these scores stand right now, if the games end, something extremely weird has happened. Does anyone know what it is? All away wins? 
all away wins. All away wins. There you go, Tommy Earhart. Good work. That's why you're hosting. Well, I'm not sure about that. It's just a random guess. There you go. Uh, you're listening. We're talking uh, rugby. I just want one thing on the Saris thing, though. Uh, they've chosen not to appeal. They so did say straight afterwards they were going to appeal. Uh, earlier on this week, they said, you know what? We're bang to rights. We're going to take this on the chin. And that's the interesting thing. If they play as well as they did last year, they will probably get enough points up to uh, avoid relegation. Another penalty back at the Premier League. Yeah, this is uh, Watford against Burnley. It is Burnley at the penalty spot. Burnley lead by one goal to nil. Uh, Ross Chris has vested interest here. Yeah, and it's I can't. It's so far away there, Tommy. Goal. We have goal. another goal. Is it Burnley? Burnley. Burnley have scored their second goal. Uh, that man Walprose with the uh, goal uh, yet again. So it is Burnley two, Watford nil. Watford woes continue uh, to mount up. Uh, they're losing at home. Uh, to Burnley, who've just taken their second from the penalty spot. So the interesting thing that we're just talking about, breaking back to rugby again before there's another goal in the Premier League, we talked about Saracens this week decided not to appeal the £5.3 million, the 35-point reduction, and they're going to try and fight their way out of relegation. Will that suffer uh, be a blow for England's chances in the Six Nations? Perhaps. They're, they're very heavily, uh, got a lot of three or f- five or six of the big England dominant players. It will be interesting. One player, one ex-player that had opinion on this was uh, Will Greenwood. This is what he said about Saracen's decision not to appeal the, uh, the fine for the, uh, the, the, the breaches of the salary cap. Are you surprised that Saracens have decided not to appeal? Uh, am I surprised? I mean, that, 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 that's a great question. I just think Nigel Ray, in a word, no. Uh, I think Nigel Ray has just decided um, to accept it, uh, that they've made mistakes, accept it with some humility, and give his players and his coaching staff, Mark McCall leading that, the opportunity to understand exactly what it is they're dealing with, uh, what their penalty is, what they must confront. I think uh, there would have been a huge amount of uh, indecision and lack of clarity if there'd been reviews going on for months and uh, unsure how that might play out and how that might rock the club further rather than just to... um, I wouldn't say draw a line under it. They, they do feel they've been harshly uh, treated when they felt they were uh, putting into place uh, financial arrangements that they felt had been cleared, which were Nigel Ray's investments in companies with players. Um, but uh, I, look, I think I think all of rugby is pleased that they've accepted this uh, and and can now understand exactly what Saracens have to do to make sure they don't get relegated. Well, that's exactly what we have to focus on now because they have moved to minus 22 points, bottom of the table from third. What do you think? Is there a danger they could be relegated? Um, There is. uh, No question about that. When you can just consider the enormity of the challenge, I think um, any other team other than South, you might say Exeter, other than those two, I think this would have guaranteed certain failure and um, certain relegation. I think Saracens last year would have ended up on 43 points, I think, and they'd have finished 10th if they'd had the 35-point deduction there. If they get to 43 points again, uh, i.e. 78 as last time, and 43, they will be safe this time around. So um, we saw yesterday at Racing 92 that Mark McCall understands the limitations he has, the amount of games players can play, uh, he was talking in his interviews last week that Billy Bonapola had played four warm-up games, 
five games in the World Cup. Uh, that limited him to another 16 games over the course of the season. Um, if he played sort of nine in Europe, that would only leave him seven. So we saw yesterday uh, that the selection policy would be very different for Europe. It was a, it was the team that normally gets them through the autumn internationals and Six Nations that took the field and were soundly beaten by Racing 92 with a view that they must have all their superstars on deck, ready to roll, to make sure that um, Armageddon doesn't take place, which is which is relegation from, from the Gallagher Premiership. I think uh, they will take their chances in Europe and, and not come out of a group that has um, Racing 92 and Munster in it, um, but will view the fact that if they can achieve what they do domestically, they will still be in the Gallagher Premiership when the season starts. 2020-2021. You're listening to The Grill. More of the biggest sports stories now on Dubai Eye 103.8. Extraordinary scenes down in Spain, La Liga. Uh, Real Betis are leading Valencia by two goals to one. Uh, 94 minutes on the clock. It was Maximiliano Gomez Gonzalez uh, who opened the scoring uh, for Valencia. Uh, by on the 32 minutes. Uh, Joaquin scored on 37 to make it 1-1. And Sergio Canales has just stepped up in the 94th minute of regulation time to uh, score the winner, or seemingly the winner, for Real Betis. They lead Valencia by one goal, uh, two goals to one. Uh, it's in extra time at the moment. We'll go through the classified scores for you in a few moments' time. In fact, uh, we have news of another goal. Uh, that one... Coming again uh, in the game between Watford and Burnley, we can confirm there was Ashley Barnes who was on the score sheet a little earlier on with the second penalty for Burnley against Watford. There's been another one, Archie? It has been indeed. It's James Tarkowski has scored the third goal for Burnley. Fine win away from home at Watford. Watford struggling towards the bottom end of the Premier League, but that means with only minutes remaining, uh, it's a great away win for Burnley. They lead 3-0 with pretty much no time left on the clock. Big night for fight fans here, here around the world. Some big fights to look forward to, Ross Chris. One big one in particular. It's happening in Vegas and it's for the WBC heavyweight belt and it's a rematch. Dante Wilder is going against the Cuban Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz almost stopped Wilder back in 2018 but he ended up losing by technical knockout. Now Wilder's giving the 40-year-old Cuban one more shot at this heavyweight title this Cuban can Luis Ortiz hits very very hard almost as hard as Dante Wilder but Dante Wilder is in much better shape Dante Wilder though has said in the first match when he looked to be injured from Ortiz he was never even hurt when it comes with me I'm very confident in what I say I'm very passionate about what I do did that make you confident, though, going through that fire, that after that fight you said, I'm a changed man, I'm a different fighter from this point it forward? Just, it just confirmed a lot of stuff that I already knew. I already used to always tell myself and tell others, you know, I'm a king. I'm the champ. I'm the baddest man on the planet, you know. And in that seventh round, it was like I was never hurt. I think people, get, you know, misunderstand being buzzed and being hurt. Mm-hmm. I was very buzzed, but I definitely wasn't hurt. I remember in that time still... My inner self telling me, you got it, keep going. Make sure you see the ref. All right, you gotta keep punching. The ref will stop it. You know, I kept coaching myself. If you're hurt, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You don't know where you are. But I was still coaching myself inside of my, I had my inner voice telling me, let's go, keep going. That's why even when I survived the seventh round and came out in the eighth round, I remember us, you know, doing some clinch, doing some, you know, 
fighting in the inside and I turned around and came back. Although I knew I probably would have had zero power on him, but being able to show him that I'm still here, I'm still active, that was just a, a, a better move off of my behalf. Oldest heavyweight champion of all time, George Foreman, weighs in. Deontay Wilder, six foot seven. Checking in only about 217, George. He's lighter than you at 6'7", but he can knock down the walls of a city with that right hand. It's like Bob Gibson all over. That was a great baseball pitcher. Yep. It, that, that's the reason they shaved off that mound, because he come off that thing, ooh, room. And he, if you, he didn't hit you, you were more afraid of him hitting you with that ball. He could pitch. Now, Wilder, he comes off the mound with that height. And that right hand comes in there, it's like a steaming locomotive. If you better duck, if you can't duck, you better not get in there. Tyson Fury, that's why I, I, my hat's off to him, to rise from, not only did he beat Klitschko, but then to come back from all his I troubles out of the ring. I was shocked when shocked, he got right? up. When he got up yep. from that shot, I was shocked. I said, no way. So that tells you there's another kind of a creature out there. <laughs> this guy can really fight. They call him the Gypsy King. He's more than that. This George, guy's pulling tricks. Six, seven, six, nine, and they can fight. When you look at you guys like you and Muhammad Ali, who were giants back then, six three, two twenty, and now you're looking at guys who can fight. Maybe not quite like you guys, yeah. but they're so much bigger. But height does not make you a good fighter at all. Bigness does not. It's right here. This is what makes you a fighter. When you decide, I'm getting in the ring, and if it's Goliath himself, I'm going to get him. It doesn't matter. Size has nothing to do with it. As you saw with Ruiz and Joshua, size got nothing to do with it. You're listening to Dubai 103.8. What's happening in the world of football? Uh, first kickoff over in French League R, where Lyon are taking Nice. It's the home team, Lyon, who've taken an early lead. Geoffrey Adelaide on 10 minutes uh, sees Lyon lead Nice by one goal to nil. Juventus took the points against Atlanta a little earlier on. 3-1 it finished there. Uh, let's get you some uh, full times over in the German Bundesliga. Wins for Union Berlin. They beat Mönchengladbach by two goals to nil. Bayer Leverkusen won, Freiburg won. Frankfurt lost at home to Wolfsburg. Berg by two goals. Dusseldorf were taken to task by Bayern Munich 4-0. It finished there. And Werder Bremen have lost at home to Schalke by two goals to one. Over in Spain, two games concluded. Uh, Barcelona and Real Betis taking the points. 2-1 they beat their respective opponents. Mark Archer is having a look at the Premier League for us. Full times there. Yeah, two matches remaining. That's Arsenal-Southampton uh, in the final minutes of that match. is still Southampton 2, Arsenal 1. And Burnley are going to take all three points at Watford but they do lead their match 3-0. Uh, but I can give you, in my best BBC voice, Tom, the results from earlier today. West Ham 2, Tottenham 3. Bournemouth 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Brighton Hove Albion 0, Leicester City 2. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2. Everton 0, Norwich City 2. There you go. Uh, we've got Man City to Chelsea. Look forward to I'll give you team news in a few moments' time. What happened in Scotland? Celtic beat Livingston by four goals to nil. Hibs have beaten Motherwell 3-1. Kilmarnock have taken the points against Hearts. 3-0 it finished there. And St Mirren with a late winner against Ross County to seal the points and the victory 2-1. Uh, Charlton and Cardiff shared the points a little earlier on. Full times coming in in the championship. Huddersfield and Birmingham has finished 1-1. Uh, still waiting for the others to conclude. Mark Archer has yeah, got Yeah, and a full time at the Emirates, I can tell you that 
Arsenal in the 96th minute have equalised. It's the second goal to Alex Lacazette in, in the sixth minute of injury time, the final minute uh, of, of, of stoppage time by the referee, and they have snatched a uh, draw from the jaws of defeat. They've ended that match 2-2 with Southampton. Matt, uh, first goal for Southampton was Danny Ings after eight minutes and Ward Prowse after 71. And two goals, a double for Alex Lacazette, the Frenchman, has meant that Arsenal have drawn with Southampton two apiece. Full times in the Championship. West Brom have beaten Sheffield Wednesday by two goals to one. Millwall have taken the points away at Swansea. 1-0 at finish there. Stoke beat Wigan by two goals to one. Uh, Leeds have taken the points against Luton. Uh, 1-2. It finished at Luton and it's all square. Huddersfield against Birmingham. Full times there. Bristol City, Nottingham Forest, no goals in that one. Three games still ongoing in the Championship. Derby leading Preston by one goal to nil with a few minutes remaining in extra time. Brentford lead Reading by one goal to nil at a goal fest down at Blackburn where they are currently leading Barnsley by three goals to two into the 96th minute down there. We're waiting for Man City against Chelsea. That one's off at 9.30 this evening. How do Chelsea look? Let's go over to Ross Christ. Well, we got Kepa in goal. We got Alpaqueta, also Zuma, Tomri, Emerson, Conte, Jorginho, Koviak, Willian, Abram, and we got the Yank, Pulchik. Now that's what's uh, how the uh, Chelsea 11 line up. What about their opponents, Man City? Mark Archer. Yeah, Pep Guardiola has set up Man City. Edison in goal, back four of Concello, Stones, Fernandino, and Mendy. Kevin De Bruyne in the midfield. Rodri and Silva and Ra- 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 Mahrez as well. Up front, of course, uh, Aguero. And playing in just behind him uh, is uh, Raheem Sterling. So a, a solid, consistent lineup for Man City. They'll be looking to get the win and close the gap on Liverpool. Uh, but it's, it's, it should be a fascinating matchup, this one. Second, uh, it was third, taking on fourth in the Premier League. OK, Sporting 101s, fellas, before we say farewell to all. Uh, plenty going on here in the UAE, plenty going on worldwide as well. What's your must-do over the next 24 hours, or, of course, seven days before we get uh, involved? Sporting intrigue, what are you not missing out on? Well, I'm looking forward to, obviously, the Formula 1 in Abu Dhabi next weekend. Obviously, it's, it's the greatest show in, in world sport coming into town. It's always a fantastic three days down there. The concerts, the action. It's a bit disappointing that Lewis Hamilton has done and dusted the uh, constructor's title, but it is the place to be over next weekend. I've also I've been saying it for a decade. If you're going to be anywhere in the world of sport next weekend, it's best to be down in Abu Dhabi. So I'm looking forward to that time. there? I'll make a guest appearance, I think. Good on you, mate. Well done. And, of course, Roscoe, what about you? Week 12 of the NFL. I'll be watching the game with Chris McCarty tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. If you want to join us, we're going to be jumping around town, get in touch with me at Ross Talks. Also, want to give a big thanks to head coach John Holitz of the Allain Warriors in his first win ever as a head coach, beating the Abu Dhabi Titans elsewhere. Dubai Renegades beat the Dubai Spartans in a shootout. This was at the Allain Rugby Club. Shane Shimshak chipped in with two touchdowns for the Renegades. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much indeed to you all. Thanks very much indeed to all the team down here at Barasti. Thanks, team, for looking after us. Thanks for keeping us on air. Much appreciate all the hard work here and, of course, all the crew back in the studio as well. Come on down to Barasti. You've got Man City against Chelsea to look forward to in around about half an hour and plenty more football after that. We'll see you next Saturday from 6 o'clock in the evening. Till then, Tura. This is The Grill on Dubai I 103.8. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.